Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just eight ninety seven for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just eight ninety seven at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome to Jam Session, a coronation special. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Davins. Amanda, how much of the coronation did you watch? I technically watched all of it. Um, if we're counting fast forwarding and the nap that I took. <laughs> did you also watch the concert? I did not. I've seen clips. I did not watch the concert either, but I, I too also watched all the coronation. I watched up until they arrived at Buckingham Palace. Okay. So I I did it in two chapters just because of my Saturday schedule. So I, I watched the actual coronation in the morning and I fast forwarded through a lot of the singing respectfully. Like I just, you know, at some point a hymn is a hymn is a hymn. I was like, um, oh, I forgot this was a religious event. Like I yeah. totally forgot that it was like a church service. Right. So I was like, oh yeah, I think I'm I think I'm done with it. I fast forwarded through the sermon. I was just like, I don't need this. Oh, I didn't listen to the sermon at all. I skipped a lot of the hymns. I missed William paying homage. So yes. I had to rewind a bunch. And then there was a lot of time where I thought it was later in the ceremony than it actually was. So I had to, so I saw a lot of things in in rewind. So I watched that. And then um, my son takes a nap from one to three every afternoon, knock on wood, that that continues, everyone. And I turned on the parade once my son went to sleep and laid out on the couch. And then I too went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up and they were doing reruns of the parade and I rewound to watch them come out on the balcony. I didn't watch the balcony, but I, but I saw pics later mm-hmm. on. Um, what is your tweet length review of King Charles III's coronation? That was incredibly boring. <laughs> Which, and if you want like an addendum, if you want like a second tweet, but it would fit in one tweet. Um, which is like probably best case for them. Sure. But okay. I still fell asleep. I found it like just weirder than I was expecting. Okay. You know, I got to be honest. I didn't think about the fact that this was a like religious ceremony. So it tells you how much pre-thought I really put into what would be going on. Right. But I was pretty horrified by the um, like the disrobing and the being the blessed <laughs> with the holy oil. And the, I, the idea that like 
King Charles is is being, you know, is disrobing and feeling sorry for the clergymen who have to like be a part of the um ancient oil breath blessing ceremony. I thought that was super duper weird. And <laughs> did you not remember that from the crown? No, not at all. Yeah, because there's a whole here's another here's another tweet length review. The crown's coronation was so much better than this real coronation. Oh um, yeah. But in what is, I think, a very good episode of season one of The Crown. I believe it's the fifth episode. And there is a, it's about the coronation and will it be televised? Will it not be televised? And the anointing with oil is the most sacred part. So they agree to not televise it. And this time they just had some screens that were very beautiful, but did carry on with that uh, religious feel and that they looked like something that would have been hanging in like a Sunday school uh, yeah, they had like tapestries on yeah, them. Yeah, had to a, a, attend sometimes as a child. So, yeah, th- you didn't actually have to see him disrobing. And I also you I saw don't him know. take off several layers, and then he's down to like his muslin. Sure, and then he, he goes into. But so you did see him disrobe, not down to to the right, skin, right? But I were you under the impression that there was more disrobing going on behind the the curtain? I have no I idea. Was not. I was not. I thought I it was know. just like, it was, you know, this is basically informed by the crown of like, there are some things that are like too quote unquote sacred to be shown on TV. So they just do the oil like in a private way, like confession or whatever. Um, so I don't think he was like shirtless in the Abbey is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I still found the whole thing really weird. Also, it doesn't like quite explain it to me because at, at other times they go, they leave, they go behind, like later on in the service, he left. Yeah, and, like, I don't know what the he was room doing. Behind, and then know. came back. But I I'm just know. saying he could have done that with the oil too. Like I the sort of like the show of of that. I understand it's holy or whatever, but it's just the, whole, the there was a lot of I had a lot of questions about how they, how they choreograph things, I guess is my point. Right. I as a as not a British person or a member of the church or a person who was there, um I don't really have any answers for you. The other thing I found really distracting was how uncomfortable Camilla was, the crown on her head. She was like, <laughs> I know, she kept arranging she was, like, her fu- hair. Yeah, futzing with yeah. her hair. And she's like holding her head up really like very, like she had a book on top of her head and she didn't want it to fall. It was, um, it was super distracting. I thought that was really funny. I mean, I think that those crowns are really heavy. I think they mm-hmm. weigh like 20, 25 pounds. Heavy as the head that wears the crown. Like quite literally. And Maybe he got to practice a little. He's also ha- has a lifetime of wearing things on his head in his past. You know, it's it's he's been training for this. Camilla is relatively new to the crown wearing game or the tiara wearing game or anything else. But yeah, she also my issue was like she just she seemed concerned about her hair. They got the hair in her face, and I'm like, yeah. someone should they should have, have thought of that. planned through this. I agree with you. Yeah, it seems pretty obvious. It's like yeah, it is the crowning moment, literally. A lot of right. lot of literalisms here. Mm-hmm. Um, were you surprised that Prince Harry was in the third row behind Anne's hat? The Anne's hat was a little bit of uh, it was an insult to injury. You know, I I wasn't surprised that he was there in the third row just because of literally everything that's going on. It seems like everyone involved just wanted him to be in an in and out situation. Um, Agreed. But I don't I don't know whether they thought through the feathers on Anne's hat and whether they would be directly in front of his TV, in front of the TV angle. He might be relieved about I that, except win, he's hairy, so he was aggrieved. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure he, I'm sure he was aggrieved, but he seemed like he was having a pretty good time. Like, it, you know, his relationship with Eugenie and Jack Brooksbank is legit. So 
seems nice to sit next to your cousin's husband who you actually have a relationship with. Like, that yeah. seems like a win for him. Yeah. I thought worse than having him be behind the feather was having him very clearly walk alone in the procession into the into the church. Yeah. I thought that was like a, a sort of crueler thing to do. He didn't, ha- like, that's not a must. Like, I understand, like, he didn't have his family with him, didn't have his wife, whatever. But, like, there's a lot of people in that family. He didn't have to be walking solo, not allowed to wear his military dress when his disgraced uncle is in full regalia ahead of him. So, you know, I thought that was like, actually, it's like less discussed, but to me was more stark, especially because so much has been made about like the trauma of him walking behind his mother's coffin and like, just like all the walks they've had to do. So I felt like that one was actually meaner. I guess it was all a little mean. I think after all of the the lead up and the hand wringing and the, you know, features about the coronation spoon or whatever, the entire experience seemed a little mundane to me. Um, and, and as you said, I had forgotten how much of a religious service it would be. And I was, do you know this about me that I was like in the church choir, mm-hmm. like pretty active in the church, in the musical church space. So I and I went to a um a religious high school. So I just have sat through a huge number of services like this that are just sort of uh rote and to mark some sort of occasion that is historically significant that no one really cares about. And you're just kind of there and you like sing along in the hymn, you know, and then everyone's wearing fancy robes and you go about your day. So to me, just because I have that experience, I was like, oh, this is another one of the these. Great time for a nap. Great time to, <laughs> to fast forward. And I think to anyone with that similar experience, which, you know, of having been at church services, it probably was like pretty boring, which I think is like a good thing for them because boring is better than absurd and memorable. And so it was still absurd. It was absurd. It it was absurd. But if it had, if they had like really gone for it in like you know almost like putting on a play, then the like anachronistic like just the the actual reality of it, the absurdity of it, would have been front and sit, sit center. And this was like a boring church service where when you thought about what was actually happening, you were like, oh, this is really this is really silly. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think you're uh, underselling the absurdity though. I mean. It was like, it was pretty wild. I mean, especially uh, like just the fact that like all of the robes they were wearing, like that's just those never, those don't come out at other times. Yeah. And it was just like a lot more than, than a usual like trooping of the color or other like royal activity, you know? Totally. It looked like they were playing dress up for yeah. sure. Um, and the fact that it was only a certain number of royals that were wearing all of that stuff made them look even sillier. I thought you really had the observation of the day when you noted on Instagram that Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis uh, looked like they were dressed up for Star Wars. <laughs> they um, really did. <laughs> which, like, they really did. I, you know, so everyone, it just kind of seemed like family dress-up hour. And of course, of course it was absurd. Yeah, but I, I'm just I'm just saying, I feel like we have to acknowledge it was just a it was a lot. Also, you know, some of the some of the Brit like the I watched the PBS stream, which was the BBS stream, and they were talking about how like this like the carriage they were in, the um the coach was like 
a newer one and it actually had like air conditioning versus some of the older ones that don't. And like, just like all of the details about like the gold, like the gold paint on, on these church, on these coaches, I keep calling it a church on the, like, and, and all of that, I was like, it's so highly choreographed. And like Charles has put so much thought into this. It's like insane. And then, you know, compared to like the booing of uh, during God Save the King at the Liverpool match, like later in the day, it's just like, it's a real intense, like two different realities. And that was, that was my main takeaway was like, this has nothing to do with the reality of, of British life as I actually understand it to be. Right. And, like, it's like so disconnected from like, just like regular Brit, like, like daily Britain life. And so th- I was like, this is, that's why I found it so absurd. I think it's a good time to point out that uh, before we started recording, you announced to me, Love Island is my new personality. Um, and so it's... I think I said I've adopted it as a personality. Okay. So, like, <laughs> it's definitely out of step with uh, everyday Britain's lives, but it is really out of step with what the people on Love Island are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. So, I, you know, that is a, that's a unique dichotomy that you've created for yourself. But that, but I think that's a good point though. Like those are the, that's the most popular show for like the last, you know, 10 years in England, that and, and Peaky Blinders basically. And the other show that's really popular that everyone's like appalled by is, um, what's the one where they show like, you have to like choose someone just based on their genitals. I forget the name of it. It's like, why are you asking um, me this? I can't remember the name, <laughs> but like, it is just so separate from like, also, like, you know, politically, like, the cost of living crisis and the fact that, right. like, labor just had, like, a huge victory. Like, it's just not connected to it. And it's just so weird. It's, like, naked attraction. Thank you, Sasha. Like, it's just wild. No, I completely agree. To me, it played, like, a a very, like, fusty inauguration ceremony. Like, an even more boring inauguration. Yeah. And that's not fair because, I, you know, inaugurations recent inaugurations have had like very memorable speeches and moments and you know whatever but and this had honestly nothing memorable about it which i do kind of think was the point yeah but i was just kind of like oh this is just very boring pomp and circumstance that doesn't really amount to anything it was also raining yeah the rain literally literally rained on the parade i watched the bbc america stream which i assume was the the bbc yeah. stream as well and so as I was dozing off to my wonderful, wonderful nap, you know, there was just, there was a lot of narration about the parade. And in the same way that you were talking about the descriptions of the coach, there was a lot of descriptions of like the incredible maneuvers that, you know, whatever <laughs> like tr- infantry or, you know, whatever group of people had to practice. And it, it it was an amazing execution. And can you believe they did that? And it was like literally turning a corner, you know? Um, I was wondering and I was where like, they practiced. I was like, relax a little. And then, you know, it's this is the biggest military parade in 70 years and all this sort of stuff, which is like, you know, do we need military parades is one question. Number two, at the end, the entire military parade was visible in one shot, just like hanging on the lawn as England rained down on them, waiting for the king to come out. So I was like, I'm not that impressed. So to me, it was almost like there was just so much fanfare to what seemed like a pretty, like, provincial ceremony, you know? They're just, like, kind of all hanging out on the lawn. I was really amused by all the hedging over the crowd sizes. Like, they were like, oh, the crowds are much bigger now than this morning because the rain's gotten better. It was very, it was very 2020. Very 2021, I should say. Um, 
Did you think that Charles looked happy? He looked really old. I'm sorry to be ageist, but he just looked incredibly old. That's all. The The Windsors mm-hmm. age at an accelerated pace. And I don't mean to, again, to be ageist or to qualify aging as a you know positive or negative thing. And in fact, aging is um, a gift and a privilege. And I, too, am aging. He just, the way that they age, like, really emphasizes the role of gravity in our day-to-day life. And (laughs) I just couldn't get past that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I thought he seemed, like, really moved, which just, like, made me hate him. I was just like, you've orchestrated this for yourself. But, I mean, the person who agrees the most with you, Amanda, is Louis, our our yawning prince. Oh, yeah. He was great. (laughs) He's so what, cute. Yeah, he's highlight. very cute. Just a lot, a lot of enthusiasm for, you know, doing antics, but being respectful. He left for a little bit, but came back. Yes, with the nanny. He was whisked yeah. away for a break. Uh, and then he's a, a, a master waver. The kids are very cute. I had one question about the Will and Kate and the kids in the backup carriage, you know, or mm-hmm. the second carriage. which And the cameras were on them for a long time. And they just aren't talking to each other. I just are there rules that they aren't allowed to speak? That's pretty awkward. That's a long time to be in an enclosed space and just not saying anything to each other or to your children. I think that probably is like royal protocol. So like you're not caught like saying anything or oh, just right. like yeah. And so you're and like the, all you are is like a vessel of the crown. That seems pretty difficult to get three children to just not say anything. I know. Well, I think that's why Louis is so expressive when he's looking mm-hmm. out the window. Yeah. It's all, it's all going outward. I guess um, so. What did you think about Meghan and Harry's gospel choir also performing at this event? Well, why are you always like putting me on the side of, here's the thing, famously. You could ask me what I think. Well, <laughs> the thing there is that famously, and and... Even in Harry's book, he points out that it was Charles's, Charles's suggestion, yeah. and Charles found the choir. So, and it seems seems fine if they wanted to perform. I think they're a wonderful choir. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, great. Like, let's get some. You know, that was some of the good music. I I don't know what to say. What did you think of um, Megan's photo op? Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, me too. Uh, she went hiking in Montecito. This woman who avoids being photographed photographed most days of the year was seen just looking breezy going for a hike with her two friends in Montecito and it was obviously very pointed I thought it was a weird move to photograph herself not with her son on his birthday when she had made a big deal about not going to the coronation because it was her son's birthday so I'm not saying that uh, that she should be with her son every moment of that day, but I just thought it was really, really weird that like that was what she decided to stage instead of like some drone shot of them like setting up a party in the backyard or something like that. Hat, check. Big sunglasses, check. Bandana jauntily tied, check. <laughs> the bandana was absurd. <laughs> well, I'm not done. You know, the very chic hiking jacket tied around the waist to show off, like, her wonderfully toned arms. Check. Diana's Cartier tank, the gold one. Tank front says. It's a very expensive watch. But if I ever had one, I, too, would wear it on my photo op hikes. Um, I believe also a Cartier love bracelet and one more thing that I'm forgetting. Just putting it all out there. 
Uh, she also was wearing like legit hiking boots versus like sneakers or whatever. And right. I was like, so we're supposed to believe this is a real hike. I will say there are some some challenging hikes in Montecito, but it was really absurd. Also, it was like two longtime friends. Like I, it was just, it was just silly. Yeah. And so transparent. It was, but, but, but really funny. It was Why hilarious. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to do, I guess she had to do something. Just couldn't she let, did not have to, go. but according <laughs> to like the the Harry and Meghan logic and how they interact with the world and the press, she did have to do something, and I enjoyed it. So I hope Archie had a great birthday. Generally, that's not a sarcastic thing. Yeah, to, of course. You know, he's four. You know, seems he's way more to do fun to have a birthday party than go to that coronation. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Can we talk about the concert for a second? Sure. I haven't seen any of it. How was it? Not good, Juliet. And I don't know <laughs> who decided that giant pop concerts in front of Buckingham Palace was a thing that the royal family needed to do to mark occasions and be relevant because those people do not know how to look natural at a concert, you know? And that's okay. I don't think that I would want a camera on me at a Lionel Richie slash Carrie Pate... (laughs) <laughs> slash Katy Perry slash take that reunion concert. I, you know, I, I get it. I too would look really awkward, but it's just not what you want for the royal family. It's not really what you want for Lionel Richie or Katy Perry. Though, did you see then that um, as a trade, literally King Charles and Camilla were on American Idol? I sure did. What are we doing? I think also, like, I'm not sure they're aware that American Idol is no longer popular. It's like not even a good look. I mean, it's weird. It's not even like agreeing to be on like an episode of like Jeopardy. That would be a lot cooler. That'd be really cool. I assume that this was negotiated in return for like ABC airing rights. Yeah, but like, wow, I would not have done that were I literally the king of England. Um, Then apparently the... The spectacle of the night was Take That, which is a phenomenon that I, as an American, just have completely missed, you know? So at least, but the British people seem to be enjoying it. Did you also see that uh, Tom Cruise sent a message? Oh, yeah, I did watch that. I don't I don't know <laughs> what to say. I, I mean, he was in a plane. He said, you can be my wingman anytime. Then he did a dive. 
I know that Tom Cruise filmed a lot of his movies in England. Does he just want to be English? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. I mean, he really, Mission Impossible is still in production. It's it's all based in England at this point. Obviously, he's been just landing, parachuting into British people's backyards, you know, for a while now. He went to see Tenet in theaters to boost the London theater economy in 2020. I guess, (laughs) I guess that's where he feels most comfortable. He's, he's, uh... Very good friends with noted Britain, Lewis Hamilton, also one of his other co-pilots right, in life. But so that's the funny thing, as I'm sure you saw, that he recorded the message for the coronation, but then was in Miami at the F1 event. <laughs> and he and Shakira were positioned close to each other in front of cameras. Shakira's publicist, man, is working so hard. Get that person a raise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> An incredible couple couple months I hope Shakira's publicist is getting an all-expenses-paid vacation wherever they would like to go. Uh, that was just an incredible, incredible string of events. Anything else I missed at F1 that you want to talk about? No, I mean, you know, it's just a great place to be a celebrity. They really, as Shakira and Tom Cruise can tell you, they really cater to them in, like, a great way. I just want Americans to get more excited about it. But no, I mean, another great weekend for the sport here in the U.S. But uh, it is really funny that Tom Cruise and, and Lewis Hamilton were, were not there. Um, yeah, I just like Tom Cruise is like the biggest Anglophile I know. And I don't even yeah. know him. That was very strange. Everything about the concert was extremely awkward. And I just it also don't was like think they need to do it. A wedding. You know, it's like, oh, it's like a wedding when there's too long of a break in between the ceremony and the party. And you're just like, what am I supposed to do with this time now? I feel like the coronation and the moment had passed. They waited too long to have the concert. I'm sorry. It needed to happen sooner. Well, that said, from our American perspective, they've got a three-day weekend over it's there. Sure. You know? <laughs> so they were programming. At, it's like It was like the 4th of July. Like, it, you know, they had something every night. I get it. Um, I congratulate the UK on their strong tradition of bank holidays for any occasion. So that was just really our perspective. But I did also have the note at some point on Sunday, I was like, okay, so did I just miss the concert? You know, Googling, like trying to find clips. And I was like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. Okay. <laughs> Take your time, I guess. Um, our producer, Sasha, asked us before we started recording if we thought Charles would be the last British monarch. And we both said no. Yeah. However, Amanda, for a long time, you've been talking about how you just think this is on the way out. So what do you think happens from here? I think it just continues to be reduced. I can't imagine William having like a coronation with a military parade and, you know, some undressing behind some robes (laughs) for oil. Like that, it already seems insane. You know, I said that about Charles as well, and then he did it. So who could really say? But I think, you know, the third day of their holiday weekend was like a day of service, which honestly, cool. That's that's a nice idea. Yeah. Um, And I think it will transition into more stuff like that and will sort of be like a lower caliber inauguration. I don't know how you get past the coronation spoon and the chair that's 1,400 years old and also, you know, the owning of massive amounts of property and other inherited wealth that is 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 a little taxed, but not really, you know? So I, I don't know what happens there in terms of, I could even, I, I could see there being some property rearrangement. Probably not. I think, I think they'll probably just be allowed to continue to be really wealthy and 
take on like a less ceremonial but more figurehead like public service public duty yeah. role. That's what that's what I imagine. I think that sounds right. I think that also in some ways Harry and Meghan quitting means that they will be less like famous as time goes on. Um yeah. should Harry and Meghan remain quit? I, I mean, you know, I think there's always a chance there's some kind of like return, but part of I think also like why this feels so like dissonant with with reality is because of the way that the Diana era just brought in this like unbelievable amount of fame and attention that was just different to how people really thought about like the British royal family, even if they were really important and famous before. But like her, her becoming a celebrity and people really caring a lot about her and her knowing how to harness it really mapped against like the rise of like mass tabloids and like globalization. And so sort of a perfect storm in a lot of ways. So I think a lot of it also like will change if they decide to be less famous and they probably will because that's like not the royal protocol. Even if they wanted to maintain the amount of attention, it'll be really hard to do that without embracing someone like Megan. No, I think that's well said. Uh, once again, I, you know, I really recommend both Diana Chronicles, which is like the Tina Brown. They had a textbook on that moment in yeah. Celebrity that you were referencing. And and Palace Papers is really interesting, which is her most recent update as well. But yeah, I, I think they will become lower key and more local. Sort of, you know, there are Scandinavian royal families. I believe there's a Swedish royal family. I think there is also... There's a Danish one. A Danish one. Um, and we hear about them from time to time when one of them like starts dating a healer or whatever um, and renounces the the title. But they are technically still royalty, but fairly low-key, even, you know, certainly on the international stage and I think even within their, their countries. And it, it just seems like that will be the model going forward. Definitely. Yeah, like um, Caroline Fleming, who was on My Beloved Ladies of London, she is part of the Danish royal family and she right. was just like, really rich and they owned a lot of property. And yeah, like that was exactly. that. Yeah. Um, I also just want to say I follow an account called Royal Hair Chatter, which is pictures of royal hair of all royals, not just the British ones. So if you're interested in knowing about other um, royal women in Europe. And their hair? And their hair. Okay. I recommend it. It's like there a very, It's a very earnest account. Like very. It's pretty funny. <laughs> they're, they're all really earnest. It's That part's <laughs> sort of alarming. Oh, man. Uh, anything else happening in this world? I mean, where should we go next, Amanda? In the coronation world or in the world at large? Our world our world at large. I'd like to talk to you. I have a couple notes. I'd like to talk to you about uh, Taylor Swift and Matt Healy. Where are you on this? I feel great about it. I feel like this is right. Um, he's the lead singer of the 1975, which is every time I think about the 1975, I'm like shocked it's not a boy band, but it's actually like an emo British rock band. He seems to live a similar life to Taylor Swift. He's also a London boy, so she can keep performing that song. Um, he's, like, age-appropriate, and they seem like a good fit. I support it. I think it's hilarious and great. I completely agree. I think it's great for her. I think it's great for the content, you know? Just imagine this. Already, the content is amazing. I, I've been dabbling in TikTok, Julia. Mm, and the, fun. D- mostly just to watch the Swifties, like, videos of parsing the appearances and, like, the secret messages that Matt Healy and Taylor Swift are passing to each other in concerts. That You know, they're, like, playing to it, which is amazing in the moment. Then, obviously, also the songs, I think... I, you know, I, I don't want to make any predictions about the course of this relationship, and I hope everyone's very happy. 
Um, but I, I think it will be fruitful, um, better than the short stories that she was writing in her room or whatever uh, for the last three years. So that's pretty great. I don't really understand the 1975 as a musical entity, but that's okay. It's just, I think I'm I'm a little old for that. Um, and I will say I once watched a video of Matt Healy talking about how Oasis should get back together. Oh, cool. And it sounds was like, really funny. Like and, and, and he made <laughs> some excellent points. So all in all, great times. Um, I think it's really funny that Taylor Swift hasn't been on tour in several years. And the second she goes on tour, she starts dating someone who else is on tour with her versus her boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'd like to note this could be construed as a workplace romance. Um, and there's not, I, I just think it's really funny. I don't know. It's like, I actually, you know, I feel like Taylor Swift creates cliches instead of like living them. And I, you know, I think a lot of like her ideas about romance have so deeply pervaded pop music and pop culture that like, it's kind of hard to remember sometimes that feeling 22 is like invented by Taylor Swift, you know, but this is, this is truly unoriginal. This is like the least original thing Taylor Swift has really done. It's hilarious. I love it for her. I do too. It's great. You know, seems convenient too. You're on, he can go on tour with you, both play music. It seems great. Seems like they'd have a lot of similar friends. He seems like he'd be mopey with Aaron Desner, who I assume is mopey. So, oh, I I don't know whether he and Aaron Desner are in like the same like Venn diagram of music guys. But I just feel I, like maybe feel like maybe they, they would be now. Just feel like because of her. Okay, you know, yeah, she's bringing everyone together. An, uh, completely unfounded rumors that Jack Antonoff set them up. Oh, I, right, right. I don't right. know if that's true. Okay. R.I.P. to the Fernando Alonso rumors. It was fun. <laughs> he certainly seemed to be having fun with them. He had a great time with it. Yeah. yeah. That's really good for him. I wonder if Matt, I wonder if Matt Healy was like, it's time to go public with this because I don't want people to think you're dating Fernando Alonso. <laughs> no, I, Matt Healy seems to have the same taste for uh, content and, and Mr. X and just doing things, having fun with the audience response that Taylor does. So I think they just decided to do it because they're on the same wavelength, which is a, which is a great place for her to be. Yeah, right I think this is great. I think I hope it lasts. Good for them. Also, I saw a video of him dancing to shake it off with Gigi Hadid. That was cute. I saw that video as well. I wouldn't really call that dancing. Um, he was swaying, I, one thing, one thing his head. I'll say about the crowd reaction <laughs> videos that I have watched on TikTok of Matt Healy at Taylor Swift concerts is like for someone who performs regularly, uh, uh, in you know, in front of large crowds, he's like pretty awkward dancing or in the crowd as a I don't know, he's not really jamming. That's all I would say. I think it's because he's like an emo guy. He's not like a cool rock guy. I, I think okay. I was under the impression that he was trying to be more of a cool rock guy. Oh, well, then it's not working. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's move on to Kevin. Costner's divorce statement. A lot of Kevin Costner news in the last couple of days. A huge, huge amount of Kevin Costner news. Thoughts and prayers to Kevin Costner once again. I don't really want to focus that much on the divorce rumors. Kevin Costner's getting a divorce. His wife filed for divorce. It was apparently a surprise to Kevin Costner. He's also divorcing from the show Yellowstone. That's been in the works for a while. He and Taylor Sheridan don't see eye to eye. That is a lot of strife. I don't watch Yellowstone. I have thought about Jennifer Lopez uh, recently, noted Yellowstone fan Jennifer Lopez, and I hope she's going to be okay with the outcome. 
But I really just wanted to talk about the the statement that Kevin Costner's um, representative issued in response to the divorce. <laughs> Please read it, Amanda. I would like to. I'm I'm going to read it. Okay, I'll read it. It is with great sadness that circumstances beyond his control have transpired, which have resulted in Mr. Costner having to participate in a dissolution of marriage action. <laughs> That might be, that is definitely in the last five years, the greatest divorce uh, statement that we've seen. It might be an instant Hall of Famer. I was going to try to diagram on air how many different passive like cases are in this one statement. So circumstances beyond his control, one, have transpired, two, which have resulted, three, in Mr. Kalsnar having participate, four. Okay, that's really... That's doing a lot of acrobatics to avoid any responsibility for this whatsoever. Just A-plus stuff. It's hilarious. And it makes it sound like it's a, like a, like a country is breaking up. Yeah. Or like, or like, you know, it's like a political change. Having to participate in a dissolution of marriage action. I feel sorry for him. It's sad. He doesn't seem to want to get divorced. It's really, really. (laughs) And then speaking of of Montecito, she has been out and about without the wedding ring, just having the time of her life. So this is what's amazing is that the paparazzi can definitely are like can make it to Montecito and can find someone, but they can only find Meghan Markle uh, when she gives them a call the day after her uh, in-laws have have a big to do. It's really, it's really incredible. It's quite something. We forgot to note, by the way, that he flew in and out and that, and that was it. Harry just flew in and then went right back to the airport. It's just a real, that's a real leisurely move. Or I shouldn't say leisurely because it doesn't sound relaxing, but it's a real like man of, of a, a man on a mission in and out. Yeah. In and out. It's also, it, it that's like a good, that's a dad of small kids move. Totally. My husband is actually doing this in a couple of weeks for a, a family wedding. And it's like a real, like, you know, in and out situation because you got to get home to the small children. Yeah. That's good. Good I job by it. him. Yeah. yeah I, I do too. I, I feel like this was a win for Harry. You know, he got, he showed us, he showed up, he had a smile. There's no, nothing else to say about him. Yeah. He didn't have to wear a silly robe. Yeah. He got to wear some of his medals. I feel like by act, by, by, by the fact that he did nothing versus like the ludicrous excess of everything else that was happening, he comes out looking like a winner, even though I repeat, he did nothing. Like, it's just like an absence of, of action. He did absolutely nothing. Yeah. But great. Um, ha- Happy for him. I hope that, as you said, Archie had a great birthday. Good luck to Kevin Costner. He seems sad. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thank you to Sasha Oshel for producing this episode. We'll be back next week. 